Hello, Gap Year Universe. I'm Julia Rogers. And I'm Margot Brookfield. Welcome to Gap Year Radio, the show that brings you information and inspiration to plan a life-changing Gap Year adventure. So today you're going to hear from Mackenzie Burke, who broke her Gap Year up into three distinct sections. Margot, you chatted with Mackenzie. Can you tell us a little bit more about your chat with her? Yes, absolutely. So Mackenzie actually is a special person for me. She was actually one of my students when I was a leader a few years ago, actually in 2016. So she is, I think, a really great example of someone who broke her gap year up into three distinct parts, basically, that were sort of feeding different interests and passions and and places that she wanted to explore for herself. And another thing that she, I think, did a good job of was that independence progression that I'm sure if you've been listening on the pod, you've heard us talk about where students will often do a more structured, program in the fall and then move on to more independent things in their spring semesters or you know moving on in their gap year and so she did our east africa program in the fall but what we really tried to focus on was her more independent spring programs that she did so she spent her kind of second portion of her gap year on an island in the pacific called timor Leste, where she was doing scuba diving and marine research so very much more independent i think she was one of many people of different ages that were living on the island and scuba diving every day and taking samples and conducting research underwater, basically. And then her third portion, she was in Peru, where she volunteered with an organization called Pika Floor House that was she found through Global Tier. And she was volunteering in Cusco in the Sacred Valley and even living more independently during that time in Peru. So she tells us about all these various pieces to her gap year, how they impacted her. She is actually currently in Delhi, India, studying abroad through SIT, the School for International Training, which is a phenomenal program. And so it has certainly taken her on a really unique path moving forward. Wow, I love that. And that is definitely something that as a gap year counselor, I'm constantly telling prospective gap year students is to think about your gap year as a progression. And if you follow that framework, whatever whatever programs actually fill that framework, you're going to end up so much more mature and independent at the end of your gap time. It's really fascinating to watch students go through that, that kind of uh, life cycle. Absolutely, it's really transformative. Without further ado, let's get started. Sounds good, thanks for being here. afternoon, everybody. We have Mackenzie Burke here on the podcast with us today. She took a gap year three years ago now and did a variety of different things during her gap year. She did a more structured program in the fall of which I was actually her leader on her ARC gap program in East Africa and then went on to have two separate segments during her spring of her year and is now a junior at George Washington University. So welcome to the pod today, Mackenzie. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. Awesome. And so we are also, uh, as always, in two different time zones. And Mackenzie's actually in a coffee shop taking the time to chat with us. So there might be some background noise because of that. But, you know, excited to just get into it. Mackenzie, I obviously I, I know a lot of your story, but for the purpose of the listeners out there, what initially drove you to choose the gap year option? I know you were at a private board, I think, you know, boarding, although you weren't boarding, but private school in New England and New Hampshire. What made you choose to take a gap year? Yeah, so it um, the gap year kind of started because my mom is from originally from Canada, and it's really common in Canada to take a gap year because they graduate um, college when you're 16, sometimes 17. So a lot of um, them, a lot of the students don't feel mature enough to straight go to, to go to straight to university. Um, so all my cousins ended up taking a gap year and traveling. They're a little bit older than me, so I was probably. 12, 13 when they were taking their gap years and I always thought that was the coolest idea to go and 
take a year off from school and just travel and see the world. I think, especially I grew up in a family that really honored and saw value in traveling and um, living outside of your comfort zone, especially in the non-traditional ways of vacationing. We would always go and live in a local community rather than staying in a resort. So I think that was part of what kind of initially um, instigated my love for traveling. But I think I saw it as an opportunity to um, expand my horizon. It was the only time that I'd be debt-free in my life and I um, really wanted to just go out and explore the world in a way that I hadn't had the opportunity to do thus far um, in my life. And I think a gap year was really intriguing because I could combine a lot of my passions that I didn't necessarily get to explore in the traditional academic setting of a school. And I was able to do that through my three different programs that I decided to partake in during my gap year. It definitely wasn't the typical route of many of my classmates. So there was definitely, I got a lot of questions of why would you take a gap year or you're going to be behind and I kind of laugh that off like behind what? Because um, there isn't a race in life I don't think. <laughs> but I definitely don't regret taking gap year for one second. It was probably one of the best decisions I could have made. Absolutely. And was there anybody else in your graduating class that was taking a gap year? Um, there were some students, a lot of boarding schools, kids take gap years or um, years off to play different sports. So there was a lot of the hockey players that took years off to um, go play in junior leagues and things like that, but no one did the same gap year um, as I did. There was one girl a year ahead of me in my school that graduated the year before me that did a gap year and she ended up going to Peru where was where I ended up going at one of my spring semesters and there was a couple of girls after me that kind of took inspiration I think from my journey because um, they messaged me a lot about it that took gap years but during my direct um, graduation class I was the only one that did this kind of travel gap year I would say. Oh amazing and so you know, I'm sure that you probably didn't have a lot of resources as far as other people you knew that had done this, as you said. So how did you go about finding the various programs that you chose during your gap year? And like, what were you looking for when you started that research project? So my mom was instrumental in my gap year planning. Um, I kind of told her that I wanted to do a gap year from maybe sophomore year of high school. So she, even before we thought about colleges, um, started looking up and Googling just gap years, different programs, and she stumbled upon gap year fairs. Um, so when I was a junior in high school, she took me to a gap year fair um, at one of the other local boarding schools in the region, and I kind of walked around and got acquainted with um, just the different possibilities. I still had no idea what I wanted to do. I didn't know how to go about finding programs, but we attended it. Um, and that kind of intro speaker was Jane from Interim Programs and their Gap Year Counseling um, program. So we got to hear her speak. She gave a lot of great advice. We walked around and saw a bunch of different programs. Um, and then we ended up following up with Jane and we hired her as a Gap Year Counselor, um, much like that of a college counselor. And she helped me plan um, kind of what I wanted. We talked a lot and Skyped. Um, and it was definitely a very, very dynamic planning because I told her kind of my three main goals of my gap year, which were I wanted to go back to East Africa because I had previously gone with my high school. I wanted to do something with scuba diving because I was certified when I was 12 and that was one of my big passions. And my third goal was to work on my Spanish and hopefully become fluent. So she um, kind of led me in the right direction through the programs that they had previously vetted, sent people on, and um, definitely helped me find things within my budget as well, which was super helpful. 
Awesome. So obviously, as I mentioned, you you hit that mark of being able to return to East Africa where we spent three lovely months together. And then as for your Spanish and your scuba diving, I would love to just hear a little bit more about the programs that you did, because especially I think your scuba diving program, I think it was in Timor-Leste, was super unique. Um, and then your time in Peru, which is love to hear a little bit more about those programs and what all those entailed. Yeah, of course. So as you mentioned, we did spend three amazing months in East Africa um, with ARC, and that was definitely a no-brainer for me. One of the reasons I chose ARC was because it was one of the places where you got to do a lot of different volunteer opportunities across three different countries, where some of them you had to choose one option, like education, and do that a across a bunch of different countries, where ARC offered like the diversity of choices, which was really intri intriguing to me. Um, and I also just really liked their ethical background and making sure everything was vetted. It seemed very well run. All the interactions with, I had with the staff in country even before I went were amazing and super professional, which both my mom and I very much appreciated and it just turned out to even exceed my expectations. Um, but my other program was through Blue Ventures. It's a UK-based program and that was to Timor last day, you're correct. It's also known as East Timor. Um, and that was six weeks of scuba diving research, and we were located off of a tiny island, off of even East Timor, um, called Atoro. And it was, I believe there was seven of us of all different ages. There wasn't kind of a cohort of gap year students anyone could join. Um, and we were diving for six weeks. We did, we received our advanced open water certification, and then we had to choose either to study benthic life, which is kind of the bottom dwelling life in the ocean, or to study fish. So I chose the route of studying fish. So I learned about 250 species of fish, and we had um, tests above water to make sure we knew what they were, and then we had tests underwater to make sure we could properly identify them as they rapidly swam by you. Um, and once we passed all of the necessary tests, then we could go on surveying dives. And we went twice a day, and we'd go down. We had underwater slates. Um, we would record all the fish we saw and put them in categories of how many we saw. So we didn't count them individually, like one, two, three. We would count like one, a few, many, surplus kind of thing. Um, and then we would record them into databases once we got back to land. Um, Another part of the program is we stayed with a homestay family for two weeks, so it was pretty immersive and very ethical. So we had to learn Tetan, which was the local language. Um, it was improved. It proved to be a little challenging, but kind of fun. It was a mix of um, Portuguese and Indonesian Bahasa, so nothing I had ever really seen before. But um, it was a new adventure, um, and I got to celebrate my 19th birthday on the island, which was really fun. My homestay family threw me a um, really cute birthday party and bought me a gift, which was um, amazing and so thoughtful of them. So I absolutely loved that program. Um, it was incredible. I felt like a mermaid every day, and we got to see um, incredible things. <laughs> and then after that, I flew home, basically had a week between Timor-Leste and my Peru trip, unpacked all my scuba gear, and then packed like mountainous terrain gear for Cusco, because that's where I was headed next. I did that program through Global Tier. So they're kind of, they're also based out of the UK, and they have a bunch of different organizations that kind of link you up with volunteer opportunities within country. So they're kind of a very global organization, but have ties in each country. So they linked me up with this organization called Pika Floor House, which is where I worked for about three months, and it was an after-school program about based about an hour outside of Cusco. So I lived in Cusco, originally in a homestay, and then 
transitioned in, or originally in a hostel, pardon me, and then transitioned into a homestay, and I would commute an hour to the school. It was an after-school program, so kids would go to the local public school and then would come to us for additional homework help. We helped them. There's hygiene classes, um, English classes, Spanish classes, and a daycare. Uh, the community was a historically Quechua-speaking um, community, so a lot of the parents couldn't even help their kids with the Spanish homework that they were learning in school because they didn't—they themselves did not speak Spanish. Um, it was also a community that was pretty rural and um, poor, so they didn't have a lot of um, opportunities to access um, education materials or even simple things as hygiene. We had taught a lot of the kids how to brush their teeth, things like that. So it definitely kind of went all over the spectrum of my duties. I mostly helped out with the English class or the kid in kindergarten class, um, but I really enjoyed it. The kids were adorable um, and also left me a lot of times on the weekends and kind of in the mornings to explore Peru as well. And then at the end of that three months working there, I also went to the Amazon for two weeks and um, it was also through Global Tier they helped me find this program and I did um, conservation, conservation research um, with a research center there. So I lived there for about two weeks and we did treks into the jungle and one week we looked for butterflies so we would catch butterflies and um, alive, we kept them alive and we would release them later but took down which ones we saw, what species, how big they were, things like that. And then the next um, week we did reptiles and amphibians so we were looking for frogs and snakes and all sorts of creepy crawlies which I didn't particularly love but was definitely an amazing opportunity. Oh my gosh, all those bugs in East Africa didn't prep you for the Amazon? <laughs> no, there were some scary things there. <laughs> I I hear you. Yeah, I think some of the biggest bugs I've seen were in the Amazon when I was there. But obviously a really dynamic trio of things that you put together during your time, which is why I, I you know think that your story is so interesting to share because you really did fit many different buckets into your gap year planning. I'm curious as far as how you set up your gap year, how do you think, I know you obviously went from a more structured program being your, your gap semester in the fall with ARC into more independent experiences in the spring semesters, although still kind of through programs. How, how did you feel that progression was, or is there anything, I guess, overall that you might have changed as far as the planning of your gap year, looking back? I think... I wouldn't have done it any differently. I think some of the best advice that Jane gave me at the beginning when I was planning my gap year was to start with kind of the more structured programs and then progressively um, join programs that were less structured. So I think with ARC, choosing them as the more structured, they made me feel comfortable traveling um, for extensive periods of time in countries that I don't necessarily speak the language or have any cultural connections with. And then going to Timor, it was much more independent, but it was also still very structured. I lived with a research group, there was rules, we had all these things, but we had a lot more free time. I traveled by myself, we could do whatever we wanted on the weekends, we weren't always with the group. So it offered a lot more opportunity to be independent and make independent choices. And then my Peru trip was completely independent. I lived 100% by myself. Eventually had Emma, one of my really good friends from ARC, she joined me in Peru, which was super fun. We lived in a hostel together for a month, but we were completely independent. We could decide whatever we wanted to do that weekend, a lot of independent travel. Um, and I think my previous programs having been more structured showed me how to do that, live independently, independently in Peru successfully, and I was able to um, achieve a lot more and feel a lot more comforted with my own decisions and feel safe 
by that time because I had had so much experience and had seen what it takes to be successful even in the more structured programs. So I think if I could give anyone any advice is start off with the more structured and then become more independent because I don't think my Peru section would have been as successful as it had been if I had not had the more structured programs first. Absolutely. And that I think is one piece of advice that is often given of gap year counselors and, and others in the gap year field of starting, yeah, starting with the, you know, more, more of a safety net. And as you gain more skills and more independence and more knowledge, you know, having your later program speak to that. I'm curious, what do you think was your biggest challenge that you overcame during your gap time? Ooh, that's hard. Um, I think one of the things that, I don't know if it was a challenge that I necessarily saw myself overcoming on the daily, but it was something that I noticed once I went back to school is that I learned to let go of the little things and kind of live more and go with the flow, I would say. I was pretty, um, I've always been a very type A person, very hard on myself academically and very studious, um, but I think my gap year allowed me to learn to kind of go with the flow and not everything happens the way you plan it. Um, and I think that's one of the best and greatest lessons that uh, my gap year gave me because now I have learned that sometimes things don't go according to plan and that's when you're going to have the best adventure of your life and it's okay and that you can um, be adaptable. And I think that translates not only to being more successful in college for me, but also it'll help me be more successful later on in my um, career, which, I, which um, is always a benefit, I would say, but I think I didn't necessarily see that being a challenge on a day-to-day basis. I didn't see myself um, tackling that head-on necessarily tangibly, but I think over certain circumstances I learned that through my gap year. Speaking of your studiousness, I know that you were one that took the path of applying to college during your senior year and you were deferred from George Washington University. And I'm curious how you felt about that. You know, did your idea of where you wanted to go to college change at all during your gap year or was it reinforced by your gap time or, you know, and what you wanted to study? Did that alter at all based on before your gap year to afterwards? For sure. Yeah. So I always knew that I wanted to go to college. I always loved academia and learning. And for me, my gap year was a chance to learn and experience life outside of the standard textbook and classroom. But I also knew that I wanted to get back to that. Um, I think applying during my senior year and deferring was the greatest gift that I could have given to myself, especially since a lot of my programs were really rural and I didn't have regular access to internet or um, LTE or anything, so it would have been very difficult for me to apply to college during my gap year. It's not impossible, especially if um, if you're on a program or traveling and you have regular access, it's definitely doable, but I knew that a lot of my programs I was going to be kind of living in um, rural areas with zero access. But I think personally for me, my decision was reinforced during my gap year that I wanted to go to college and that I wanted to pursue um, public health, which is what I applied to GW for. I was still very, very um, pleased with my decision to study in Washington, D.C. since it is such a global area. And it kind of tied in everything that I learned in my gap year. And I was very excited to head back to um, kind of the daily standard life of a college student, but in a global atmosphere. And I would still be studying um, my biggest passions, which is public health. And I'm minoring in Spanish as well. So I kind of still got to tie in those aspects of my gap year. We did a lot, we did a couple public health volunteer things in, uh, on our gap for a trip and specifically the snake bite clinic um, at Mezzerani Snake Park in Tanzania, which was one of my favorites. And then also continuing with Spanish in Peru, I was able to kind of tie those back in and at GW. So I think my gap year 
really reinforced my passions for those and I wanted to pursue it um, in a degree as well. And so did you know that you wanted to study those things beforehand? Yeah, were you planning to have that be your major? So I actually was, but I don't think that would have been the case if I had not previously we been to East Africa with my school. My entire life I either wanted to be a marine biologist because of my love for the ocean or I wanted to pursue um, medicine. My mom's an ER doctor and I loved science so I always thought I was going to um, go down the pre-med route um, but she kind of was like, are you sure? I think she's the only doctor that's ever dissuaded their kids from becoming a doctor. <laughs> um, but um, I was first introduced to the concept of public health when I went to East Africa with my high school. Um, I went with the Me to We program, um, and that was the first time I had really ever heard of that field, and I was super intrigued because it tied in all of my passion of like global development and medicine, but in a more kind of um, sustainable social aspect than the clinical, and I had never really heard of that, so I was really intrigued with that. I loved that idea, and I kind of thought that's what I wanted to uh, major in, so I applied to schools with public health programs, still not knowing 100% if that's what I w intended on majoring in. Pretty certain, but not 100%. Um, but then my gap year 100% reinforced that, that I, that was my true love in academia, and I really wanted to pursue that, especially when um, we were at Miserani Snake Park. I loved that. Awesome. And if, if marine science had also been an interest of yours, what of your time in Timor-Leste made you think, okay, maybe this isn't the path? Because I feel like that could have gone either way, right? That experience could have also been like, oh my gosh, this is what I need to study in college. Did that reinforce that you needed to take the public health route? Or was it just kind of a fun experience to have in addition to the other gap year experiences? I think it was a little bit of both. I absolutely loved my experience there and almost was... I was so close to postponing my Peru experience to spend another six weeks on the island and get my dive master um, certification so I could work as a dive master. Um, so I was very close to doing that. I ended up deciding to come home um, to go to Peru, but I think at the end of the day, my love for public health just inches out my love for the ocean. My love for the ocean, I think, would diminish if I made it my life path. I think I love it more as a hobby, and I know I will always be diving, and I can always go and do that for fun and learn um, things kind of in the more fun, interested aspect or realm, rather than um, learn it as a career. Um, but I think I like the human contact more than learning species and things, and to me public health is about helping humans and having that human contact, so I think that's partially why I'm more drawn to public health. Awesome. And that's so important to realize. I mean, whether that's through your gap year experiences or if nothing else, I think what a gap year can really be beneficial for is that hands-on experience so that you can kind of dabble in a bunch of different things as I know you did during your gap year and figure out what really speaks to you as far as, yes, a, a major in college, a career path moving forward, etc. And obviously I know we were chatting before, but you have your next big adventure ahead of you, heading to India in just a couple of days here to do the School for International Training or SITs program there. Would love to just hear a little bit more about that and especially being an SIT alumni myself, a program which I'm very passionate about. Just want to hear, you know, what exactly you're going to be doing there and what you're most excited for. Yeah, so I think, I mean, my first um, kind of foray into the SIT was hearing you talk about it and then I've had a lot of friends that have gone on their programs. I think it 
um, is a study abroad program that is not your typical study abroad program, much as a gap year is not your typical route um, to college, but I think that's partially why I was attracted to it, and I've always been attracted to um, different regions of the world and more exotic places than, say, Europe. Although I love Europe and I would love to travel there as well, I think um, SIT and programs like ARC give you the opportunity to explore places and areas of the world that you wouldn't necessarily um, feel comfortable or have the means to explore on your own. I um, think that India particularly I'm super excited for because it has such an expansive global community both in their own country and then on in, with throughout the world. It has a lot of emerging issues and um, great phenomenons so especially in public health there's a lot of great things to study there. Our program in particular is focusing on, it's called public health, gender, and community action. So it's focusing on public health, especially among minority groups such as women and children, and then those minority groups affected by the caste system. And then we also focus on traditional medicine and healing practices like uh, Ayurveda and yoga and um, kind of healing thing, healing practices that started in India and compare it with the Western world. So I think that's kind of what intrigued me as well, is that I get to learn a lot about the cultural medicine there, um, as well as work with um, women and children, which is my big passion. I think hopefully I'll get my master's in global health or with a concentration in like um, maternal and child health care. Um, so India and this program with SIT seems like an amazing opportunity, and I think it's also being not your typical your study abroad program. You are immersed a lot more than you would necessarily be going to um, in a university somewhere else, and I think also their um, research project at the end, the ISP, the in Independent Study Project, offers an amazing opportunity for you to go and live in a community um, and write your 40 to 50 research paper on whatever you please, and it gives you a lot of hands-on experience um, in the field that you're studying, which I think is incredible. That was actually what I was going to ask you about because I know that the ISP was one of the things that drew me to that program as there are very few undergraduate programs that allow you to do research and write a thesis. I'm curious, have you had any time to think ahead of what you might want to do that ISP on? It sounds like you might have an idea, but yeah, do you know yet? Yeah, I'm not 100% set in stone, but my kind of um, brainstorming before is that I want to compare Western medicine and traditional medicine, medicine in the realm of um, neonatal and postnatal care. Um, especially like birthing practices and how um, um, reproductive health is um, taken care of in different communities, whether it's rural, urban, um, tribal, um, things like that. So I'm very intrigued by how it's taken, um, how it's taken care of in different communities. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. I'm sure it will evolve and change as you spend time there and dig more deeply into their curriculum and all that they've got planned for you. I know it's it's probably good when those things do evolve, but that sounds absolutely fascinating. And knowing you, you're going to take that and absolutely run with it. So I'd be very excited to see your your thesis at the end of that. And my, my last question for you, Mackenzie, I think is just if you were to give any sort of biggest takeaways or, or advice or something for prospective GAP students out there besides just do it, because obviously our advice is, of course, take a gap year. You're going to get so much out of it. But if you had any other piece of advice or words of wisdom from your experiences, what would they be? Um, I think just live in the moment. Um, I think some of the greatest moments that I had in my gap year, I was un, like disconnected from everything. I didn't have access to my phone. I didn't have access to social media. I was just truly living in the moment. And I think 
um, being able to reflect on that is really important as well. I, as you know, journaled a lot on my gap year, and I think even if I haven't read every single journal that I've written through a bunch, I have have them in my closet and I know I can reflect on them and it also helps you process what you're going through. I think that's super important and just kind of take every adventure as it goes. I think you're presented with so many new exciting opportunities on gap years and um, I think you should um, really kind of go full force and um, kind of for lack of better words just do it as long as it's safe obviously but um, my motto is just try everything once and I think that really proves to be um, successful and helps you get the most out of your gap year for sure. That is great advice Mackenzie. We appreciate you sharing your wise words with those prospective gappers out there and just thank you for joining us today on the pod and thanks to everyone out there for taking the time to listen. For a little bit of housekeeping you can find Global Tier online at www.globaltier.org or on Facebook and Instagram at Global Tier and you can find Blue Ventures online at blueventures.org or on Facebook and Instagram at Beyond Conservation. And you can find us here at Gap Year Radio on Instagram and Facebook at Gap Year Radio or online at gapyearradiopodcast.com. You can email us your Gap Year questions or comments at gapyearradio at gmail.com. And lastly, you can download our show wherever you find your favorite podcasts. And if you have a moment, we'd love for you to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts so that more people can discover Gap Year Radio. 